Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the weekend. The Eagles are on the bye as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 215. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I am joined by NFL Film senior producer Greg Cosell to break down what we saw from the Eagles' big win over the visiting Chicago Bears this past Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. A lot to hash out from this game on both sides of the football. And look, as well, we're going into the bye week. Time to get the state of this roster going in. We obviously got some big news at the end of Monday. We'll talk about that and just about where this team is on both sides of the football as we enter the final seven games of the regular season. We'll hash all of that out with Greg, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, joining us once again here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, none other than NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. Greg, uh, welcome to Week 10. Welcome to the bye week for the Eagles. Well, thank you. By the way, friend, you've really hit the big time. I'm driving over the bridge. Oh, no. Well, this is, I mean, this is... And you're on the sign as I'm driving (laughs) over the bridge. It says... Uh, eagle eye in the sky with a picture of you. Yeah, I almost I've, crashed my car. I've, I've, I'm actually surprised that more accidents. Every time I'm stuck in traffic, I'm assuming it's because one of my one of the billboards caused an accident. I mean, and I'm stuck. you're right on the billboard. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty impressive. I hear about it pretty regularly. I'm just honored to be here right now. Well, I'm I'm glad that you know the the podcast is starting to branch out a little bit you know? more, and uh, you know the the year round shows have, have really uh, I just, into that. I'm just happy to bask in your aura. I mean, you just remember you remember the mm-hmm. very first show that we did. Like we did it in the old. Uh, What's now, I believe, the recovery room for the for the Eagles players. Uh, That's right. We used to do it, and it was just a little folding table. I, I and remember a that. Over I remember the table that. And, yeah. uh, a couple I, stick mics. I was a young man then. That's right. I was uh, a little bit younger. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's get into what we saw uh, from the, this week's game because obviously a big win for the Eagles going into the bye week. Eagles yes. now uh, undefeated going into the bye under Doug Peterson, four and zero now uh, with him as head coach. But let's talk about what we saw from the team on both sides of the football, and then kind of as we go. We'll talk about some big picture topics sure. as well, because obviously, look, anytime you go into the bye week, you're always going to have these kind of overarching themes. Where's the team right now? What's the status of the roster on both sides? So uh, you and I both have some stats that we'll kind of allude to. We'll kind of talk about the team from a big picture right. standpoint, how the, the team has evolved over the last nine weeks, and then uh, we'll call it a show here. All right. Um, let's start with the offense. We typically do. Let's, let's start on offense. The big news, obviously, I think we probably should hit this at the top, is that uh, Deshaun Jackson is going to have surgery, right? Um, and so is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, that doesn't change too much, I guess, from they what we've been seen. Playing with him, exactly. So, so this is yeah. this doesn't change uh, what we've seen for the last eight weeks, right? Um, but obviously, it's a, look. They were counting on Deshaun Jackson being able to come back, and uh, you know, in that first drive yesterday, uh, obviously something uh, did not feel right, and you know, this is now right. that, that had to be made, right? So I think if you look at at what they are. What they've been without him and what yeah. they are. Here's what I actually typed out after their first two possessions, which were both great possessions. I think, I think they were both 12 play drives. Yeah. Right. But it was very representative to me as what they are as an offense. Yep. Significant snaps of 12 personnel. Yep. 
Focus on the run game and the quick game pass game with some Wentz boot action thrown in. No explosive ability in the pass game and no attempts to get the ball down the field. Yep. It's a limited condensed offense by design due to lack of weapons and speed at the wide receiver and tight end positions. Yeah. That's what they are. Yep. If you're being honest, that's what they are. Yeah. Now, can you move the ball that way? Sure. They move the ball, yep. but that's what they are. Yeah, I think when you look at uh, you know what this how this roster is constructed at the moment with with Deshaun Jackson out of the lineup, I think that you have to say, okay, how do you play to our strengths? And the, and that's, that's exactly what the coaches are going to be doing right, right now this week is they're going to say, okay, what do we do to play to our strengths? And how do we continue to hide our weaknesses? What are some of the trends uh, that we're putting on film? How do we counteract that or play to those? Um, you know, so those are the same questions that they're asking themselves. No question. I think when you look at the way that the team is currently constructed. That's the way that they have to play. It's the only way they can play. And it's the honestly, it's the way you know. I've, I went back and forth with some people on social media today. Um, it's the way they played last year for the most part. I mean, they they lacked that explosive element a year ago. You know, they counted on Mike Wallace to kind of be that guy. He got hurt very early. Um, I don't believe he registered a catch uh, as an Eagle right. last year. So I think when you look at how this offense has played over the last couple of years, it's kind of been built that way. Where okay, now we have to try and manufacture chunk plays, and they've been able to create. I think if you look at it. Uh, you know, just looking at the explosive plays, I mean, they've got seven touchdown passes of 20-plus yards. That's tied for fourth in the league. They've right. got the, those 20-plus plays, aren't they? It's the 40-plus. It's those big explosive plays. That element is not what you're going to see in the Well, and you also, I think, too, and again, I can't remember every one of those in, yeah. you know, in my head right now, but it's how they came about. Yeah. You know, that, that's, look, you can look at Ertz's touchdown yesterday, which falls into that category. No question, 25-yard. Right, and we know that that's a staple concept that we've seen many times before. Double post, yep. It's Yeah, double post, close to the boundary. Yep. The, you know, Goddard runs kind of the over route or post, and he clears it out, and they like Ertz even if it's a corner. Yep. Uh, so we've seen that before, and it obviously worked, and that was that was good. Um, but I think for the most part, when you look at, at what they have from a, a talent perspective, they're not going to create a lot of explosive plays. Uh, they're going to have to try because you, you can't live on 12-play drives week in and week out. Mm -hmm. It's nice when you get them. And certainly we've now seen Jordan Howard in back-to-back -back weeks with 23 carries and 19 carries, and he's built for that. Yeah. He can do that. Right. I think when you look, think of the offenses around the NFL that, you know, coming into the season, they thought, oh, we thought, okay, this is kind of how they're built. Seattle, uh, Baltimore, right. those teams, they have been able to add a little bit of speed over the last couple no of years. Question. And so they've got that ability. Um, so that's something that the Eagles, obviously, without Deshaun, they don't have that. So they have to find ways to try sure. and mitigate that. No. Um, they, really, the three players that... I think you look at and you say, okay, these are the guys that you kind of rely on to create some of those chunk plays. Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, they're going to be the guys that are going to be creating the, the chunk plays in this offense. Nelson Aguilar, of course, as well at, at times, but those are the three, especially in the middle of the field. Yeah, and, and speaking of Miles Sanders, and we know that he can create, I thought that he continued to show yesterday that he's learning how to run as an NFL back. He's the last two weeks. He's looked in, in, impressively a lot, a lot more comfortable and confident as a runner. It, because I thought he had a five-yard run yesterday, and I made a note of it. It was I think on on a second and six maybe, and he okay. got the ball and he ran for five yards. Yep. And I thought that was repre very representative of his growth and development because he showed vision and decisiveness, and he hit it up inside. And was this the same the the power run that got them into the, the um, low red zone? I. 
No, no, it was more in the middle of the field. So I, I, I definitely made a note of it. He had a he had a power play that I po- actually I posted on Twitter earlier tonight, um, where you know it was same side shotgun power. He follows the block from Isaac Sayamalo, and rather than carry it blo- playing off the block from Sayamalo, there was a safety. Ha ha! Clinton Dix right. was right there in the hole. He cut back off of that and found a couple uh, yeah. more, a few more yards to work with. I don't I think that, that was a good play as well. The one I'm talking about, I just looked at my notes, was okay. on the second possession. It was okay. a five yard run on the second possession, and to me. That shows him growing as a runner because those five-yard runs mean something, particularly yep. in this offense. Right, sure. Because this is an offense where, let's say it's first and ten, gaining five yards means a lot in yep. an offense like this because it's an offense that's not necessarily going to produce the 35-yard gain. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, speaking to that point as well, um, on that 65-yarder last week against Buffalo, yes. uh, I think he gets caught if he hesitates in that hole at sure. all. By, for, you know, sure. he, he trusted the block from Jordan Howard, played off of that, exploded through the hole. He gets caught if he stutter steps at all on that play. Um, then I thought that the decisiveness, even though that, that was a wide-open hole, it was very well-defined, you saw that confidence there, and I thought that, that was something we hadn't always seen from him no, early and, in the season. No, and because of that, he looks quicker now. Yeah, no question. Hey, yeah. That's the difference between time speed and play speed. No question. Um, you know, we're and and just faster. decisiveness. Sure. You look quicker when you're decisive. Yep, absolutely. So, um, all right, well, let's talk about, uh, obviously, I guess one of the big storylines coming out of yesterday was uh, a big day from a production standpoint for Zach Ertz. Um, you know, and look, he's been a focal point of this offense now for years. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the media, a lot of the, the storylines, I don't know how much of a you caught wind with uh, across the river over in, in uh, at NFL Films, but how come, you know, they got to get Zach Ertz more involved? How can they make Ertz more a part of the passing game? I mean, coming in, I mean, he was still the very, uh, very highly targeted player at the tight end position in the NFL. No question. Um, and even now, there's a stat that, uh, that, hold on, I got it right here. He's got 74 targets right now uh, on the season. That's more than 27 teams total targets to tight, tight ends. Tight ends, yeah. I mean, he's a, a, a big part of what the Eagles are doing in the passing game. And this week, uh, the production just carried out that way. And I was in some clutch situations. No, no question, and I think that that Wentz looked for him at times. I yep. mean, there was one third-down throw where he was actually double-teamed, mm-hmm. and he actually made a great move uh, to beat uh, Buster Screen to the yes, outside so, so he could beat the bracket coverage from the inside. Yep. Um, but no, there's no question they designed some things for him. Uh, he should have caught another touchdown. It was one of the few times Wentz did not turn it loose. I think it was on the second possession. You know the play I'm speaking about. Yeah, I about. feel like he saw Haha there, ready to trigger, and that's what kind right. of caused. Because that was the, the actually he was, was looking was the, right at him. It was the first possession. Was it the they, first possession? Yeah, because it was the. Uh, yeah, you could the, be right. They ran a very similar concept on fourth and two earlier in the drive. First possession, third and goal. Yeah, You're right. so first, yeah. first earlier in the drive, it was fourth and two. Yeah, and in the middle of the field, and they ran a very. They similar ran a concept. very similar concept. Wide open, yes. and he hit us yes. for. 15. Yes. This time the safety was there, right. and I feel like he just did. He could have made it, but yep. again, you'd have to ask Carson exactly. Wentz what he why, saw what and he why saw. he didn't throw it. It's yep. easy. It's easy for me with a clicker watching it ten times to say he should have thrown it. Right. I thought he should have, but yep. I'm sure he would have an answer for that. Um, and he got sacked, I believe. He, on took, the play. he took a sack and then yeah. they kicked a field goal. I think. And, it, and by the way, if he, if it's not clean. You're in field goal range. You're better off taking the That's sack. That's kind of how I viewed it at the yeah, end of the day. Was yeah. like, yeah, like, would you like? Uh, would obviously you'd rather have the touchdown, but if you're going to say, it, okay, it was what's a the risk quick reward drop. There? So on quick drops, you're not scanning the field. Yep. So at that point, you're better off taking the sack than. You know, now we've seen him obviously make those special plays where he leaves the pocket, but yep. the pocket closed down pretty quickly. But no, getting back to the point about Arts, there's no question that they clearly designed some things for him. That play you spoke about, where they were in bunch and yep. he started out as uh, number three, I believe. 
believe, then became number one and then broke back inside to be yep. I, number two, I think, yeah. is the way it played out. Um, it was a really well-designed play. A, way to, a great way to beat man coverage, too. Without question. Yep. And be, I think it was third and two, so they were pretty certain they would get man coverage. Yep. Uh, and obviously the touchdown we spoke about a few minutes ago was clearly designed for him. We've seen that concept numerous times. The uh, tight end throwback uh, on that one drive, I think that was the yes, second possession. Yes, that was a tight you're, – you're right. So clearly uh, – he was a major part of the design of what they wanted to do in the past game. Yeah, no doubt. And I think when you look at, uh, you know, we've talked about him in the past. Is he the most dynamic athlete uh, to play in the tight end, the, the tight end position in the NFL? No. No. But he's just, he's such a good route runner. I was talking with uh, with Ben Fennell about it earlier today, um, and he just made the comparison like a Jason Witten and why he was so right. good for so so many years. Sure. Was never the most you know the most explosive, the most twitchy athlete, but just always had a, a, an ability to be able to uncover and get open right. for his quarterback. No, I agree with you. Yeah. And um, and then Goddard. I mean, the play that I absolutely loved was that final third and nine play to, that sort of wrapped up the so game. So many great elements. To there were so many great elements yeah. to that play. Uh, yeah. So take us through. So it's it's third and nine. Final me, uh, drive. I they want needed, to look at my notes they because I, the, I think I jotted down a bunch of them. There was a lot going on. So first of all, because uh, we're going to get to this, they did a great job of handling Khalil Mack with a lot of different tactics throughout the course of this day. And I thought that this play showed a lot of those things that we talk about. You know, there's play action, there's misdirection, right. and there's the uh, all kinds of different things. There's a screen game as well. Um, but t- tell us what you saw. Well, here on this I mean, play, these are just. Nine. You may have jotted down some other things. Yep. You know, I'm just jotting it down as I watch. Um, First of all, they had the Aguilar jet action. Yep. And then they had the split flow inside zone run action with Goddard, the split flow player. So it looked like it could be inside zone off the jet action. Yep. And then Goddard becomes the screen player off that split flow action. I I don't want to say I've never seen that before because I've seen a lot of football, but I I couldn't remember seeing that specific thing, the way it was structured and played out. So Have you seen that before? uh, I'm I can't remember seeing it, but right. I'll tell you this: we had so Doug Peterson is going to be uh, on an upcoming episode of Eagles Game Plan, right. and broke down the play. And he said at the at the snap of the ball, or not right at the snap, but right after the snap, when he saw Leonard Floyd, who was who Goddard was coming across to quote unquote block. Uh, uh, yeah, he said he saw. I saw Floyd standing there. I said, "Oh man, the play the play's done. He's gonna he's gonna read this." And Goddard did such a great job he of shucking him, him field yeah. that he was able to create that separation. Yeah. And, and no, get no open question. For yeah, it was a really well. No, so that play. was, I mean, that was just, I think, an instinctive move yep. at the time because you're not expecting Floyd to be where he was. Yep. But no, I just thought the design of a play that then ended up being a base screen. Yep. But how they got to that, and to me, that's what makes a lot of plays so interesting because, as we've discussed many times, there's not a thousand route concepts, there's not a thousand plays. It's how you get to the plays yes. that are very interesting, to me anyway. No question. So I, I think when uh, you know you look at both these tight ends, and they're, they're going to be a big part of what the Without, are doing. I mean, they've been a, a 12 offense, 12 personnel offense for, yep. what, the last three weeks it's yep. been? Yep, yep. You know, I didn't chart the number of I haven't charted snaps, it yeah, no. uh, but it was it was they were definitely uh, it was definitely a meaningful number. Yeah, especially since Goddard's gotten healthy from that calf. Yeah, I mean, he's now a, yeah. a huge part of what they're doing. And honestly, yesterday they they relied on him a lot to be one on one with Cleo Mack in the run game. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes it went Mack's way, sometimes it right, went Goddard's right, right. way. Um, but that kind of shows you the faith that they've gotten him yep. uh, at the point of attack and what he's well, able Mack to do. Well, Mack really did not impact the game. Yeah, you didn't hear. I mean, no. watching the broadcast. You didn't hear his name until the fourth quarter when he uh, batted that one pass right, down, and, right. and that was that. I mean, that was that. Right. That was all you heard from him. Well, so. you know, and don't forget a couple of th- points. 
two points really is okay. the nature of the Eagles' offense and the pass game is going to minimize max impact yeah. because a lot of stuff's quick. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, it really helps Andre Dillard, who I thought played extremely well, but the nature of the pass game also helps him because he's not being asked to take deep sets no and have to pass protect for three seconds on deeper drops. Right. So, so. It's, it's not something where you're going to say, man, like uh, Andre Dillard was was outstanding. He did a great job holding up one-on-one against Cleo Mack down after down. Because they're not running that kind of offense. He did everything he was asked to do and no, he did and it well. He, he did it well. He paid, And there were some plays um, – I'll tell you what, the one unsung part of the completion to Miles Sanders on that final drive, that third down check down. That was a great play, too. It was a great play, <coughs> and Andre Dillard did a great job picking up a stunt where he yeah. recovered really, really well, yeah. and you kind of saw not just the athleticism, but also the the awareness and the decisiveness picking up that no, stunt no, I back remember outside. It. But it was really cool because of the way that uh, Sanders obviously stepped inside, and and that's what caught Trevathan, who had yep. a man to man. Yeah, so it yeah. looked like uh, you know I broke this play down. It looked like it was a, a four man slide. He's looking across the formation to make sure twenty seven McManus doesn't come. Right. As soon as McManus drops out, Miles Sanders says, "Okay, I'm now I'm able to chip and release out." He takes a look, makes sure that Trevathan's not coming. Trevathan's not coming, and there's that cat and mouse game of the green the Trevathan dog situation. Trevathan kind of got stuck for yeah. a second, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you could tell Trevathan's thinking, "Okay, is Sanders? Is he staying in the block? If he's blocking, right. I'm going. Right, right, uh, right. But if he's right. releasing, I got to get caught. I don't want to get caught. He ended up getting caught. And it was, Carson it was recognized pretty, it great. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was awesome all the way around. A um, couple of really key third down conversions. We talked about that well, third down had, defense. Was it? Did they have four? They had, I think they had drive. four of them on the final drive. You know, they, they went eight for eighteen on the day. Yeah, but I think I made a note. Uh, let's see. Um, I thought I made a note. Four third-down conversions on that final field goal drive. You know what's a crazy stat? They're actually 77.5% on third and short, so third and four or less. They're they missed one it. yesterday, though. They missed one yesterday. Yeah. Um, they, they've they been really, really efficient in those third, and they're going to need to be. They're going to need to be. First of all, because of the way they're playing, they're going to need to be. Yeah, no yeah. question. Um we talked last week a lot about that third down defense with Chicago, and to me that was one of the big, you know, kind of right. the games within a game in this game. It's going to be okay. Uh, defeating the man coverage from Chicago, watching out for those pressure packages. I thought the offensive line did a really good job uh, when they were relied on to kind of hold up. Yep. Um, now, they didn't always convert some of those. There were some drops on the back end of some of those pa- passes for Carson Wentz uh, in those situations, but I was really impressed with how the offensive line, the running backs, really good examples of communication between those guys. Jordan Howard had a couple of really nice blocks As in he protection. Does, seems to Every week. He does. And so it's been really good to see both him and Sanders yeah. really step up uh, from that standpoint. Um, let's talk about the uh, the receivers because I think obviously the, uh, you know, we talked about Deshaun. They they're gonna have to get you know get some better play. Obviously, look the the drops have have hurt them uh, throughout the well, course of were, the, the start Jeffrey of the season. Jeffrey had three drops yesterday yeah. that were I think all on third down. Yeah, and they were, they were crucial. And he came up, yeah. he came back, and, and he had a couple of big ones. No question. Um, but, but see, they don't have that kind of margin for error. Yeah. that's the only issue. That's I think when you talk about you know, okay, they're going to need to be a ball control offense. Right. They're going to need to be able to, to incrementally move the ball down the field. Ball security, and that talks about fumbles with uh, the quarterback and the running back, and drops with the receivers. They've, the, the ball security has got to be better across the board uh, if, they're, if they're going to be that no kind of question. offense and be successful yeah. with that method. Because um, Wentz had one of those plays yesterday where he made that throw where he was getting hit, and I forget. Yep. Uh, it was a stun, I believe, yeah. and I forget who came in and hit him. It was, uh, I think him, it was Roy Robinson-Harris. He kind of lifted him off the ground, yep. and, and he made the, the great throw to Jeffrey in the middle, and you got to catch that ball. Yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was one of those games where I feel like you know the, the Eagles win the game, 
But obviously, it's one of those ones where now the coaches, they still have plenty of things. Where it's like, oh, right, without question. The, lots of things yeah. that we have to be able to yeah. correct and get straightened up uh, moving forward. But um, look, I mean, this is a, a talking big picture now. Uh, you know, you've got Nelson Aguilar. We kind of know, you know what he is and what he can be for this offense. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. I think you look at some of these young guys. You look at Matt Collins. You look at, at J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Is he going to be able to find a way to kind of get on the field? He showed some really good things this summer. And I think when you ultimately – you know, I, there's been a lot of talk in the media about, you know, J.J. and, you know, where is he at with his development and how come he's not on the field. If he if this wasn't a situation where the guy had shown nothing in the summer, if it was somewhere like, right. oh, man, he, we didn't see anything from him. But I was at, pra- at practice every day at training camp. Guy made some big catches uh, going up and over guys. He showed the ability to separate. He made plays with the ball in his hands uh, in the summer in, tra- in uh, preseason. Made some big plays. That, that Ravens, I think it was the Ravens game, a uh, few big catches. Right. Uh, I th- now we just want to see that translate now into the regular season. Well, some sometimes guys- after a, a bye week, some things change. Yep. Look, we know that Matt Collins doesn't get targeted ever, basically. Yep. Right. Uh, so we'll see if Ortega Whiteside, when we come back from the bye, starts taking some snaps away. Yeah. I mean, he played a few snaps yesterday. Yep, he did. I, I've got to me, like I, I think a lot of people are very quick to say, you know, because they want early results. I mean, you know how the society we live in today. They want early results. They want to see it now, now, now. Um, but I, to me, I always, especially with rookies, how many people wanted to give up on Isaac Sayamalo two years ago? Or I wanted to give up and on... And sometimes receivers take time. I think a lot of receivers... Yeah. I think we're getting a little spoiled with this rookie class because yeah. we've seen guys make some impacts. A lot of receivers around the league. How many Did Cincinnati want to give up on Tyler Boyd when he was a rookie like his, uh, as a second-round pick? Now he's turning, making big plays right, for the Bengals right. the last couple of years. I think uh, the receiver position... T- typically takes some time, so I'm I'm very anxious, excited to be able to see uh, what JJ can do down the stretch here, uh, if he's able to do anything. And if that, if not, then that's part of the development, and we'll see how it moves moving forward. But um, certainly, uh, to me, way too early to say okay, we can throw it in with it. Oh, you know, without question. Um, all right, let's talk about the quarterback. And yesterday for sure, but then also a big picture, uh, what you've seen from Carson Wentz over the first nine games. Um, you know, I think yesterday. He was sharp in the quick game. We talked about that one, the the miss down on the goal line uh, where he didn't right. throw it. Um, but ultimately, we saw you know a lot of that, that, those. Completions. Yeah, he missed one other throw. I thought he he uh, one time where Jeffrey got on top of the corner. Yep. And he uh, threw down it out the of bounds. Line, down the right yeah, sideline. Yeah, yep. threw it out of bounds. Had a shot there. Yep. Um, and again, because there's not a big margin for error, those are throws you got to make. Sure. Um, but for the most part, I thought he played efficiently within their system. You know, because that's essentially what the Eagles are now. They're a system offense. Yeah. So you're asking Carson Wentz to operate within a system. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was quick with the ball yesterday, quicker than in some games this year. The he's ball a very came- twitchy thrower. Would you say that's fair? Like just that, like the and when he's got to reset and make a, yeah, an awkward yeah. throw off an awkward platform, like his he's got a. I can think of like him, like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, like that quick twitch delivery. Yes, yes. Uh, he had a couple of those yesterday, yeah. which were really impressive. Yeah, and, and and obviously he's got a big arm; he can yep. make every throw. Um, but I no, I thought he played well, and I think, uh, you know, big picture, I think we know what he is. Yeah. The the question is. How efficient can the overall offense be? Right. And how is it going to be structured going forward? Yeah. Because I really believe, given certainly with the next two games after the bye, I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to just do 12, 13, 14 play drives mm. and feel like that's going to win those games. Yeah, I mean, it's, going to be, it's going to come down to execution and, yeah. and play design to be able to say, yeah. okay, like how can we orchestrate and create? Because we saw it yesterday where they were able to create a lot of opportunities for those guys um, you know, to get guys open. Now you got to be able to do that over a consistent basis, and those guys were able to come through. Um, 
run game we've talked about a little bit, but uh, let's just talk about Jordan Howard and obviously a guy that I, I, I said I tweeted this earlier tonight. Uh, if you look up forward lean in the football dictionary, you might see uh, Jordan Howard's headshot. The guy, when he gets going downhill, running behind those pads, there were a couple where he's hit at the line of scrimmage, and it's instead of a zero-yard gain or a one-yard gain, it's three or yeah, four. Yeah, who hit him yesterday on that one run in the backfield? Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, right, right, He came, right, in, he right. came in scot-free came on a in blitz. Sc- well, he, well, I think he was actually running across the formation. With the jet, yes. With the, with the jet action. Yep, you're right. And then the ball got snapped, you're and right. he just, yeah. That's exactly yeah, right. That's yeah. exactly what happened on that play. Yeah. But he came in scot-clean. Yeah. And, and hit him with a pretty good shot. And... Jordan ran through it, and it was a three-yard yeah. game. And there was another one where it was two. And if you freeze it at one point as he's approaching the line of scrimmage, he he got six out of this. Yes. Like, just well, by, he's that kind of back. Yeah. Because he's not a pretty-looking back. Right. Um, and you're certainly not going to say he's a top two or three back in the league in terms of his overall skill set and talent right. level. But he's a sustaining grinder, mm. and that's what this offense needs. Yep. They need a back that can make it second and four. Yep. Because this is not an offense that is going to make up a lot of second and nines. Sure. I think that um, what we've seen from him over the last couple of weeks, and over the last, you know, we'll say six, seven weeks, has been. He he provides the Eagles with a, a tone setter early, and Correct. this goes along with the offensive line. Yeah, and those and the offensive line I thought played well yesterday. Man, I mean, you talk about some of those double teams. Yeah, uh, you know, with Lane, especially with Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, um, it really helping to pave the way for. for Was Jordan. it the touchdown where where uh, Brooks climbed up to the second Brooks level? Climbed, and actually, I thought that. Um, uh, Lane Johnson did a great job too because that, that line, was meant yep. to be a double and and. I think it was Nick Williams actually stepped toward Lane so Brooks could release quicker, but then he got right up on Roquan Smith and did a great job of just washing him right out. He, I mean, he dismantled Roquan at the yeah. second level. Yeah. And Lane, as you mentioned, uh, did a great job of kind of scooping uh, yeah. the three tackles. Williams helped Williams. him because yeah, Williams took a step toward Lane, but still he, he did have to turn and seal him. But uh, they just worked really well in tandem on that yeah, play. And the tight ends on that play did a great job yeah. as well, getting the two on the backside. Yeah. Uh, both guys, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, to me, has had probably the best blocking season of his career. I, I, I'd love to ask him about that uh, just coming into the year, if that was kind of a point of emphasis, because um, that was a knock on him, I think, coming in you know, right. and, and throughout the course of his career. Right. Oh, he's a, you know, he's a pass catcher, not a blocker. He's shown up in the run game this year. It's been uh, very impressive to watch. But, uh, no, I mean, the, the run game, the, all, the, all of yesterday was really, really big. And I mentioned it allows them to set the tone early and then also close games. Right. The last two weeks we've seen them have eight-minute drives to wrap up games, put, the, you know, put them on ice. They're, they're, again, they're going to need to have right. that, though, that in well, the repertoire. Well, yesterday was more games. a function of those third-down conversions. I mean, they still ran the ball. Yes, correct. And obviously they wanted to run the ball. Yep. Uh, play action was a big thing yesterday, and you know, so I believe, I believe the final number was that Carson was nine of thirteen off play action. Uh, I'm a big fan of play action, what it can do for quarterbacks. Um, the Eagles are actually sixth most in, in play action dropbacks so far this year. Tell us why play action could be so favorable to an offense and also to a quarterback. Well, play action is one of those things you have to define in a little more detail, yeah. because play action can be used in many different ways. Uh, when all said and done. To me, play action becomes effective when you line up in your base personnel packages in what you'd consider base formations, run-type formations, 
because then the defense is reading certain keys that it's a run. Mm. And that's, to me, where play action becomes effective. You don't need to run the ball extremely well for play action to be effective because the defense is not sitting there with calculators during the game, Fran, as you know, and mapping out each run and saying, okay, the back has this many carries for this many yards. That's why it's personnel and formation that very often dictates the success of play action. Sure. Yeah, and I just love how uh, very often it can just make things so well-defined for a quarterback coming out. Even though he does have to turn his back to the defense, yep. he's got to be able to trust what he's got uh, you know, pre- before he turns his back and then after he turns his back, knowing that the picture could change, being able well, to the trust the Well, the picture normally game, does. It does change, yes. And, and, and play action, there's, there's many elements to it. You know, If you're truly looking for a shot play down the field – very often you'll max protect, and it might just be a two-receiver route. Yep. If you run play action out of three wide receivers, it could be different. So there's many kinds of play actions, and obviously you can do play action off many different run looks. You can do play action with your quarterback under center. You can do play action with your quarterback in the gun. Mm. You know, play action is the overarching term we use, yep. but it, it's really a much more detailed, nuanced element mm. uh, of offense. Sure. Well, it's a lot that you mentioned, um, you know, the, with the max pro, two-man routes. Uh, to me, I was talking to somebody yesterday while watching the game, and they said you know, it was after Mitch Trubisky had hit the 53-yarder uh, to Taylor Gabriel, and I said, man, he struggled all day, and then he goes and he hits that big play. And I'm like, well, look, they went max pro. I mean, that's about – if you're a young quarterback who's struggling well, to see the field – that, as you know. Well, I mean, but if, if yeah. you're a young quarterback that's struggling to see the field – being able to just drop back off uh, off play action, right. off a seven-step drop, and just grip it and rip it downfield, right, right, that's right. like all, what you can ask for. for to sure. say like, all right, let me get into a rhythm that way. Um, but all right, let's go. Let's change gears now. Let's go over to the defensive side and kind of talk big picture. I think one of the interesting things, uh, number one, coming out of this game, I'm not sure how you felt. I can confidently say Fletcher Cox is is back. Yeah, well, it started right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I mean, opening drive, first yeah. three plays, yeah. he impacted all three plays. It, without question. Uh, that was awesome because yeah. we saw that last week and we said, okay, Fletcher looks like yeah. he's starting to get the, this pat yeah, this week against Chicago yeah. was like, okay, this is Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Which was great. I mean, that to me, I think if there were any people out there that thought like, oh man, like, is he ever gonna get back from this injury? You know, is he starting to hit the tail end? This was the game where I was like, all right, like check that out. This is he played done. very well. Yeah, I thought that was a, a huge sign but for this defense. What I took away from the game yesterday. A couple of things. Okay. Number one, I thought that they were truly flying around. I thought yep. that was evident on tape. Really good energy. Really good energy. The D-line had a couple of really impressive high-motor plays, chasing Without the ball question. outside the hash. And that's part of defense, by the way. Yeah. But I thought they did some really interesting things tactically as we start looking ahead. Take us through. Um, number one, I thought y- y- different use of personnel. Uh, because what they did, this has been a dime team yep. over the last year or so. But this year, their dime has been... And just so people know, dime means six defensive backs. Yep, thank you. Uh, But they've been a three-corner, three-safety dime this year. Sendejo has been the dime player. Yesterday, and I think they only did it maybe six or seven times and all on third down, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. They played four-corner dime, bringing in Rasul Douglas. And that allowed them, I think on every one of those, they played cover one. And they blitzed on... If not all of them, certainly most of them. Yeah. But it gave them some matchups that they clearly felt good about because they put Mills on the tight end Burton. It's a lot of fun to watch this. Yeah. Oh, without question. This. Yeah. The first time it happened, yeah. I was looking, I was like, 
is that Mill? Is that Mill? Yeah. Trey Burton. And I was yeah. like, all right, what are we doing here? So I had to rewind. And I was like, oh, like all right, let's see like how they and they, they and then Jenkins on Cohen. Yes. You know, so they it gave them some matchups that they obviously felt comfortable with. Yeah. So I really like that because. You know, I think they've played a little more man, and I don't think they played quite as much man in this game as they did the week before, right. but they still have, I think, without charting it, I think they're playing more man than we were used to seeing earlier in the year. I think that's probably fair to say, yeah. Um, the other thing I really like what they did up front, because for the most part, what we've seen under Jim Schwartz, and because it's been successful, is he lines up and lets his guys rush the quarterback. There's an occasional stunt here and there, but for the most part, they line up and rush the quarterback. And when you had Fletcher Cox over the last couple of years playing at a high level, when you had guys playing at a high level, they were able to generate some reasonably consistent pressure on quarterbacks. Sure. We know that hasn't quite been the case this year. So now what do you do about it? Well, I thought that he did some really good things yesterday. And one thing that, that I love is when you line up three defensive linemen to one side of the offensive center. Uh, I'm not sure what to call that. I never knew a name for that, but it's three offensive linemen to one side of I've the center. I've been going center. with tilted fronts. Okay. I mean, the front is right. tilted heavily it's, towards right, one right, side. Right. Yeah. Now, 95% of the time, you're going to get a, 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 some kind of stun with that. Yes. And what they did yesterday that was really effective, and they did it multiple times, was they did what we call a long stick or a long stun, where they took the defensive end and he looped behind the other two guys. Yep. And he loops into the A gap, and it was it was successful. I don't want to say every time, but it was successful. And you know, I, and I, they did a couple of cool things too because they did this out of dime, and they would have Nate Gary up on the line of scrimmage, yes. and he would show that he was coming, and then he'd back out, and then it looked like Jenkins might be coming, but no, he had the back. So they just did some interesting things that were a little different from what we've seen. And I just think going forward, they need to do these kinds of things to continue to generate pressure, particularly when they come back and play a Tom Brady. Yep. Now, when you play Russell Wilson the week after that, that's a little different animal because of his ability to move around. Yep. Although Trubisky, while he's not Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, does yeah. have movement ability. Um, but against a Tom Brady who's in the pocket, I think you're going to need to see some of these kinds of tactics mm. to try to create pressure, particularly inside, because the looper was hitting the A-gap. So one of the things that I love about what you said was, you know, the, the use of Nate Gary or Malcolm Jenkins up there because, you know, I, I watched uh, a lot of the sacks just around the NFL, just watching how teams are able to get pressure on the sure. quarterback. And one of the things you'll see from these tilted fronts is that a lot of teams will try and go, and to me, it should almost always be an automatic we're going to go four-man slide that way to just account for right. anything that you – if but you're going to send defense games at us – But the defense knows all those kinds of things too, so you have to be careful as an offense about being predictable. And that, So that's why I think that the use of a guy like Gary, the use of a guy like Malcolm up close to the line of scrimmage, that prevents you from saying we're going to go four-man right. slide that way because you have to account for that guy no to open question. the line of scrimmage. So now you're saying, okay, we've got three versus three over here. That one versus Bar with Barnett where Barnett comes clean into the A-gap – that might have been the first one. Uh, that was the first one. Yes. Barnett came in clean. The center, James Daniels, did not see him coming no. from, from distance. And he got he gets well, home that's to because Trubisky. Fletcher Cox was the one technique player right yeah. there. The and when Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Cox is right there, you can't just leave him alone. Yeah. And so uh, Barnett comes in clean. Trubisky gets out of that, but he steps into a sweat, uh, uh, Josh Sweat. Right, sack. right. That was um, the first one. That was the first right. one. 
the so one. Bar, yeah, Barnett actually was responsible for it, even though he didn't get the stat. Right. And yeah. then the next one that they saw or that we saw that turned into a sack was from Jannard Avery. It was actually his first snap as an Eagle. He lines up outside and he's he was the almost one a wide in. nine player. Yeah. Right next to was it Barnett? I think it was Barnett or and Graham. Was it Bar- I think it was Barnett and Graham right. or Barnett and Sweat. Right, right. Um, but either way, it was the three DNs. And Avery, and see what I loved about that particular play, Avery got the half sack, but that's a perfect example because the back had to add in the protection, Jenkins' green dog. Because yep. Jenkins had the back, and when the back stayed in to protect, Jenkins added in to the pressure, and there was no one to to block him. Yeah. So it was beautiful. And that one was a little bit different from the previous two because – they actually slid the protection the opposite way right. to account for Fletcher Cox, who right. had been manhandling well, they, their guys all game because long. Because they had they were keeping the back on that <laughs> right. side. Exactly. No, so yeah. there's many protection is one of those things. I try to learn more and more every year about protections because protections are one of those things that there's there's many different. Some might say, "Gee, there's not a lot of ways," but to me, there's a lot of ways, right. and I just try to keep learning more. Yeah, that's, that's something I've been trying to spend a little bit more yeah. time on the last couple of years, and uh, that's why I've been watching honestly a lot of the pressures right. around the league, just kind of get a sense of how teams are attacking them. Um, and this one was it was really fun to watch. Just certainly one of the big takeaways uh, in this game, and uh, the use of Jannard Avery, not just right. on that play, but uh, he's a pretty times. explosive kid now. Very explosive kid. You know, you talked about it's it like last a fire week. plug because he's not tall. Yeah, but he he's explosive. A few times they lined him up. And pre-snap, he lined up stacked next right. to Nate Gary, and then he didn't play that before, many snaps. He only though. played a handful, yeah. Um, but a couple, he lined up stacked yeah. next to Gary, and then late would just creep up, and he'd right. play as, a, as an A-gap player. Yeah. Uh, he had a nice run stop where he beat the guard real quickly. I mean, he had a couple of really nice. But plays I think the game. overriding point is, I think they need to do more of these kinds yeah. of things. Yep. Uh, because they need to create pressure. Sure. And I think they have athletes who are capable of doing this. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this yeah. group, I think, yeah. down the stretch. And the pass rush had come into a lot of fire uh, early in the season, and I think watching this group kind of come alive is, is going to be a lot of fun because these guys, it's and a young group. I'll tell you one thing of, that stood to out to me, and, and, and you know, I know that Bradham's going to be back, and, and that probably takes Edwards out of the mix. Mm. But I think he's kind of fun to watch, the way he attacks, blocks aggressively with physicality. That's where he now, was at Wisconsin. Now, obviously, he was an undrafted player, so no one, you know, he's not a great athlete. Yep. But he's just a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Um, when Bradham gets back, I'm sure he's the guy that sits, you know, but, but I just enjoy watching the kid. And actually, in the next two teams they play after the, uh, the bye, these are two teams that play with a lot of base personnel on offense. Uh, I think the last few weeks we've seen a lot of base, and yeah. we're going to continue to see a lot of base. Certainly with New weeks. England and Seattle, you absolutely will. And even, I mean, the Giants, we're gonna, they're yeah. going to try and keep them in yeah. base. Dallas try to keep them in base. Yeah. So uh, moving forward, I mean, even uh, I don't know how Miami's playing it. I haven't watched them schematically, but are they trying to, is O'Connell doing a lot of the same things uh, with them that they, they did in New England? Truth will be told, I haven't them? seen a ton of Miami. Oh, I'll, I'll just do that in a few right, weeks. Right, here. right, right, right. Um, but I think ultimately, <laughs> I think when you look at, uh, at Edwards, he's been a bright spot for sure. I would agree. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the, the secondary a little bit. You, you mentioned what they did from a dime personnel standpoint. Uh, we saw the pass break up by Jalen Mills down the field. We saw a play by Avante Maddox. I like uh, Avante Maddox. Yeah, we saw the play by uh, Ronald Darby last week on fourth down against the Bills. To me, I kind of look at this team and I say, all right, like, you know, you get Jalen Mills back, you get Darby back, you get Maddox back. We're getting Nigel Bradham back soon. You get Tim Jernigan back yesterday. Yes. You got add in a Jannard Avery. Fletcher Cox is back, rounding back into form. You know who I thought showed up too, flashed on a few snaps was Who's Rush. That? He did. I have a, I have yeah. an edit that's going to go out Tuesday yeah. that's got a, a, a set of plays that'll go out. Yeah. He, he disrupted some plays. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Um, this is a defense that's kind of, that's rounding into form at, at a stretch again where, 
You're going to need that defense. And again, they're up. playing a little more man. They're mixing yep. things up. They got back to playing that, and, and I studied it carefully today. I, I think it's three, Rob, or I don't think it's two, but uh, they played more snaps of that. Yep. Uh, yeah, they, that's what they gave up the uh, the big play on that, but they had they ran right. it a bunch of other times in the game. And, yeah. You know, the coverage, I think a, a lot of people are quick to, to crush the coverage. Obviously, there are reasons why it works, and it, it, right. otherwise right. they wouldn't right. run it. If it only gave a big play, right. Right. they wouldn't be running the coverage. Um, so, yeah, you saw some some good things yeah. from that coverage as well throughout the course of the game. It's going to be fun. It's gonna be, I think it's going to look, the, the Deshaun Jackson news is obviously tough. Um, you know what? I was almost prepared for that, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, Sure. I mean, I think with, you know, just kind of coming into today, you didn't know what to expect. But I think ultimately, uh, this is a team, there's a lot of really interesting th- things that are going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch here um, as they look to make a playoff run. And defense is going to be critical here because yeah. I, barring special teams plays or turnovers, which come from defense, my sense is we're not going to see an offense put up 35 points on, yep. a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. To me, this, I, this is the point I made in the postgame show yesterday with, uh, with Amy Campbell and with Ike Reese. I said, ultimately, when, you, when the weather gets cold, when it's November and December, there are a few things that I think you look at and you say, okay, these are what you want to rely on. If you're an NFL team, and you run say, run game is one of them. Run game, defense, defense. which if you're the defense around right. before you got that. Reliable quarterback play and a, and a good coaching staff. Right. And I think when you look at Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz on the on that side, that's a proven duo. You look at Carson Wentz, we know what he can be. This run game has been really, really strong. And the defense, like we've talked about over the last you know, 10, 15 minutes, starting to kind of round into form. Well, that, I mean, gonna, that's a formula. That's we'll we'll you find out with. real quick yes. because they're going to get two major tests as yep. soon as they get back from the bye. Yeah, two major tests coming after the bye. And then after that, I mean, a bunch of games you're hoping you feel pretty right. good about right. uh, going down the stretch. So um, it's going to be a little it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. We're excited to break it down with you over the next All couple right. months here, Greg. Uh, appreciate the time here, as always, on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. We will talk to you here next week. All right, Fran. Great stuff from Greg, and you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce over at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the other way, the best way, some would say, is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out to a few people who did exactly that over the last couple of weeks. T Frost 316 left a five-star review and said, fly, Eagles, fly. Mr. Scorsese left a five-star review saying how much they learn each and every week from the podcast and have learned to become a much better fan in the process. Andy from Connecticut, the final one for today, five-star review saying how much they learn every single time they listen to the show. So thank you to all three of you for leaving your responses. And look, everybody out there, if you want to just give us a little bit of support, just go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And again, just leave us a rating and leave us a comment. It's a great way to help promote the podcast, make it available to other people that are looking for similar kinds of content. Because even if you're not an Eagles fan, you could, I feel like you could still glean a little bit from our conversations here, whether it's with Greg during the season or with other analysts from around the country, around the globe during the offseason. Really, really appreciate everybody that gets a chance to go and do that. But I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We will talk to you next week. we got a big matchup to preview Eagles-Patriots here in Week 11. We will get to that next week here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade.